When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dig a hole to heaven Straight up to heaven We can leave this dirty world behind Eternal life Welcome in to the IDP Show. I'm your host, Evan Ronda, filling in in the virtual sewed shack with the one, the only, Bobby. Bob, how are you doing today? Hey, Evan. I'm here, man. I'm ready. Let's do this. We don't have snow in Kentucky. I saw some green grass today, unlike Buffalo, uh, New York. So we're doing all right. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great. I I know one of the best ways to start off a podcast is to reference something visual that you see from your co-host. I saw the beanie on, so I was going to ask about how cold it is there, but I assume mm. it's not too chilly in Kentucky. No, 30-some degrees, nothing too crazy. We're not there yet. Yeah, and, and for somebody from Arizona, 32 degrees sounds like, you know, absolute hell. So um, we definitely have different different perspectives there. We, here in Arizona, things tend to stay hot. Every now and then the sun starts to cool down, but that's only usually in the winter or in the NBA playoffs. So nothing to worry about there. Um, we are going to break down every single NFL game on the show today, and we're going to break down all of the relevant players from all of those games. A quick note before we jump in, we've got four teams on by this week. We've got the Jaguars, Dolphins, Seahawks, and Buccaneers on by, so make sure you don't have any of those players in your starting lineup. We are going to be grading every single player on a letter grade basis. Just so you guys know what language we're speaking here, A grades are going to be players that we would start in any situation. B grades are our preferred backups, so if you have to start somebody that's not an A, we would prefer to start a B. Obviously, there's something about their profile that concerns us, which is why we haven't given them an A grade, but obviously there's still lots of good things to like as well. A C grade is somebody that we'd prefer not to start, but they have an enough upside to give us optimism that they could have a spike week and get lucky. A D grade is somebody we would love to not start under any circumstance, but you know, might be worth keeping an eye on them. So without further ado, how we're going to do this is Bobby is going to break down the players in their grades, and we'll just kind of go back and forth and, and discuss our thoughts on some prominent grades. So let's go ahead and jump right in with our first game, Bob. All right. Can't wait. Let's go. First game that we're going to talk about for the preview pod for the IDP show in week 11 is going to be the Chicago Bears at the Atlanta Falcons. The Chicago Bears defensive line uh, is a below average matchup for week 11. Edge Al-Kadeen Muhammad is a C grade. You need to check his injury status before the game. Edge Travis Gibson is a C grade. We have decent volume there, but terrible efficiency for the man. Edge Dominic Robinson is a C, but only if Muhammad is out. Uh, doesn't see a ton of snaps. And then defensive tackle Justin Jones is a B in defensive tackle leagues. Nick Morrow in A, he has been seeing 100% of snaps. Jack Sanborn is a B. 
not 100% of snaps, but great efficiency uh, so far this season after the Roquan trade. Uh, defensive backs, safety, Jaquan, Brisker, and A, 100% of snaps, great usage. Eddie Jackson, safety as well, 100% of snaps is an A grade as well. Decent of usage, but um, efficient tackler, eh, somewhat. Uh, cornerback Kyler Gordon, an A in cornerback leagues, and then cornerback Jalen Johnson is a B in cornerback leagues. Evan, I'm going to throw it to you. Are you somewhat disappointed with Nick Morrow post Roquan Smith's trade? To be honest, no. I think it's all about managing expectations. I mean, any linebacker can be great or average, just depending on weekly variance. The position in and of itself is just so volatile because if you're a 100% linebacker, you you could get anywhere between you know five and 20 tackles. And talent is not always a differentiator between which of those outcomes you'll get. So I'm not concerned for Nick Morrow at all. Disappointed, maybe, just because... Perhaps maybe I'd hope he'd score more points, but I have some certainty that he'll bounce back up to some higher scoring levels once we see a little bit of a larger sample size from him. I don't disagree. Another guy I kind of want to point out as well, Jaquan Brisker looks really, really good in an NFL uniform. He looks great on the field. Um, Is your interest as perked as mine about Jaquan Brisker in Dynasty Leagues, Evan? Yes, to a certain extent. Obviously, you have to consider depth at the position and market value and the cost to acquire an asset such as him. But I do love Jaquan Brisker. Defensive back is one of the most volatile year-to-year positions in all of fantasy football. So I'm not really willing to invest much into any DB, even a Derwin mm-hmm. James, for example. But uh, in any leagues that I have Jaquan Brisker, and I do have him in a few places, I'm I'm very happy that I've got him there. Yep, agreed. Let's get to the other side of this matchup, the Atlanta Falcons. Their defensive line is an above-average matchup for this week. Edge Arnold Ebiketti is a C grade with a very low tackle floor but decent pressure rate. Edge Lorenzo Carter is a C. Same as Ebiketti, low floor but a little bit safer. Defensive tackle Grady Jarrett is an A in defensive tackle required leagues. Linebackers Rashawn Evans is an A. 100% of snaps. That's kind of a weird thing to say in week 11. Um, Michael Walker is a B grade. Saw slightly limited usage last week, but not expected to happen again. Still some risk, though. Uh, Troy Anderson is a D. He is an insurance linebacker for both of these players. Troy Anderson is a guy that a lot of people like in Dynasty, but right now for week 11, um, not somebody that you want to be rolling out into your starting roster. Defensive backs, uh, safety slash cornerback, uh, Depending on his usage, he could go both ways. Richie Grant is a B grade. Um, like I said, decent usage and 100% snap share, but um, can kind of skew, doesn't have the greatest floor, I guess, as far as tackles. Safety, Jalen Hawkins is a B and a sleep, B and a C grade, 100% usage, but plays mostly deep. Um, Evan, to be honest with you, Atlanta's been kind of weird this year. There hasn't really been anybody great from the defensive line worth rostering in most of our leagues. Um, some of these guys you probably have in, in uh, some of your deeper leagues. Rashawn Evans, Michael Walker, which one of these guys do you think that we can trust the most for the rest of the 2022 season? If you would have asked me that before last week, I would have said Michael Walker simply because he is the guy that started off strong at the beginning of the season 
he's been wearing the green dot and I've expected him to, to kind of be the guy going forward. He's under contract for next season as well, if I remember correctly. So I, I kind of figured he was in the long-term plans. And if Troy Anderson was going to beat anybody out, it would be Rashawn Evans. But given last week with Rashawn Evans still playing hundred percent of snaps and Walker actually getting taken off the field at times for Troy Anderson now I'm not so sure. Granted, the coaching staff just said they wanted to mix some things up, so I don't necessarily expect that to be something consistent. But the fact that we've seen it happen with Walker means I have to say Rashawn Evans in spite of what my heart says. Absolutely. I don't disagree with you. Rashawn Evans was even a guy that I thought had some signs when he was in Tennessee of being a very competent linebacker, and it's uh, it's kind of good to see him kind of shine just a little bit in in Atlanta. Even though we all know that Troy Anderson seemingly is uh, the linebacker there for the future for Atlanta. All right, that's about enough for the Falcons. Let's move on to the next game. The Carolina Panthers are at the Baltimore Ravens. The Carolina Panthers defensive line is in a is a below average matchup for this week. Edge, Brian Burns, we all know what he is. He's an A grade. He does have a little bit of a low floor, but he does have that high sack upside. Defensive tackle Matt Ioannidis is a B in defensive tackle leagues. Ioannidis does get good volume for a defensive tackle and gets decent pressures. Um, Love you, Macri, PFF. Uh, Defensive tackle Derek Brown is a B in defensive tackle leagues. Linebackers, Shaq Thompson is an A grade. He has been a 100% of snap player um, for, win- for many weeks now. Frankie Louvu is an A, played 100% snaps last week, um, but he doesn't always. So A with a little bit of a um, maybe skewed mentality on, um, on, on reality, honestly, because Frankie Louvu could play 60% of snaps as easily as he could play 100. Uh, and then defensive backs, Xavier Woods is a B grade, low floor, but great usage. Safety slash cornerback Miles Hartsfield is a B. Only if the man that we're going to mention next doesn't play. Safety Jeremy Chin might return from IR. Keep an ear to the ground this weekend to see if Chin is going to be active in week 11. So, Evan, right now, Brian Burns, based off of where he was taken, uh, looking at his ADP, it can either be dynasty, um, but primarily for redraft leagues. Are you happy with Brian Burns and his production, what he's done for us in 2022? Yes and no. And it's funny that we're touching on this here in week 11. We touched on this in, in week seven as well. When you invested as much as you did in Brian Burns, you expected something and you know you either got a massive hit or you got a relatively league average player. Now, Obviously, I'm not disappointed. He hasn't lost his job. He hasn't gotten a severe injury. It's not like he's completely tanked my value here. And Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of something that we like with these edge rushers. I think they're a lot like wide receivers in that dynasty aspect, which is they are, if you had to invest in some defensive position, they tend to hold their value longer than a linebacker or defensive back might. And so... Mm -hmm. I'm not concerned in a dynasty league that Brian Burns is, you know, ruining the value that I invested in him. Uh, but in a redraft league, yeah, I mean, it's tricky. You obviously hoped for more upside, but, um, you know, there's a lot of misses at the top of a draft. And mm-hmm. I think you'll be just glad that, you know, you didn't draft a TJ Watt that missed a bunch of time or maybe a Rashawn Gary who's out the rest of the season. Not that mm-hmm. those things are predictable, but Brian Burns hasn't burned you, no pun intended. 
That's a good one. So let's get one more pun in here before we get to the Baltimore Ravens. Frankie Louvu, should I be in love for the rest of the season or should I move him prior to a lot of our trade um, deadlines coming up in our redraft leagues? You're probably not paying attention to Louvu for Dynasty, maybe some moderate attention, but Louvu in one of my main leagues last week scored me 33 points. Should I trade him off of that high week or should I just enjoy what I've got and roll him out rest of the season? I will always be a proponent of trading linebackers high or even at cost. Uh, That out of the way, even still, I would say yes, Mm -hmm. uh, simply because he is not a 100% snap player, typically. Obviously, Mm -hmm. like we mentioned earlier, sometimes he is, sometimes he isn't. And there might be some managers that look at his his wonderful-looking log and see mm-hmm. that he, you know, had some really, really great games earlier on in the season and and are maybe optimistic for that coming forward. Um, also, quick note, Frank Aluvu, I believe, is under contract next year. I just checked on that. So that could be interesting to see how that looks dynasty-wise. But, yes, to answer your question, yeah, trade linebackers. And yep. obviously it depends what you're trading for. But if you mm-hmm. can turn Frankie Louvu and you know, some throw-in piece for a linebacker that you know is going to get 100% of snaps. Maybe yep. like a Dre Greenlaw, for example, right? Maybe you can, mm-hmm. well, he had a great week last week, but some linebacker that you expect to be more consistent than a Frankie Louvu, then yeah, go for it. Prep up for di- your playoffs and, and acquire a player that you can trust to be consistent. I don't disagree at all. Baltimore Ravens, the other side of this uh, this matchup here in Week 11, the defensive line is an average matchup with defensive tackle Calais Campbell as a C-grade. Edge David Ojabo as a C grade might make his NFL debut here in week 11. In my opinion, Baltimore really needs it because that defensive mm-hmm. line has just kind of been uh, adequate. Not great, not bad. Um, Edge Odafe Owe, one of the bigger disappointments for me, honestly, in the 2022 season here with a C grade. Edge Tyus Bowser with a C grade and Edge Justin Houston as well as a C grade. The five C's there Campbell, Ojabo, Owe, Bowser, Houston. Linebacker. Roquan Smith for the Baltimore Ravens in week 11. Who would have thought it is a B grade? Not 100% of snaps last week, but that can change pretty quickly as he continues to get a better grasp on the defensive playbook. Patrick Queen, B slash C grade. Not 100% of snaps, but I do like Queen's pass rushing upside, um, especially with Roquan being a player there who's going to soak up a lot of tackles. Defensive backs, safety, Chuck Clark is a B grade. Somehow isn't an efficient tackler producer tackling producer but great usage safety Gino Stone is a C grade 100% but plays free safety very often safety Kyle Hamilton is a D grade Um, usage slowly is trending up so pay attention to that but has been somewhat inefficient so far this season cornerbacks Marlon Humphrey is an A in cornerback leagues and as well Marcus Peters an A in cornerback leagues so honestly Evan, there's not much to talk about as far as the defensive backs or the defensive line is concerned. Let's focus here on the linebackers. And let's not even talk Roquan because everybody knows Roquan is going to be back to Roquan form here soon. Let's talk Patrick Queen a little bit. Is Patrick Queen worth rostering for the future in Dynasty Leagues? Uh, The answer to your question solely depends on the depth of your league. And so how I would measure this out is I would look at how many linebackers are rostered in your league and the quality of the lowest linebackers rostered in your league. So let's say you're in a 12-team dynasty league, and on average, every team is rostering three linebackers. So that's 36 linebackers rostered in your dynasty league. 
Patrick Queen is not worth rostering in a league of that size because he's not a top 36 dynasty linebacker. Um, mm-hmm. If you're in a much deeper league, maybe we can have that conversation um, because, you know, he's still young. He was highly drafted. And so there's always a chance that maybe on a second contract, he lands on a team that is dumb and decides to give him a contract and give him usage. I don't particularly think he's all that good. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there is still an argument to be made that perhaps maybe the Ravens linebacker handbook is just really challenging to pick up, and he's just struggled with that his entire career. Um, but to be frank, I I don't necessarily think he's somebody that has significant upside. He's the kind of player that you just keep on your bench and hope that he has a spike week so you can dump him for a profit. Mm-hmm. But he's not the kind of player that I would ever be confident putting in my starting lineup, regardless of the depth of my league. Unless mm-hmm. it's like a 14-team league where you start five linebackers and you're just praying that he gets a sack. Absolutely. I don't disagree at all. Um, kind of like Macri said a couple episodes ago with Josh, one of Pat Queen's best um, abilities in the NFL is his pass rushing upside where you can just point him straight at the quarterback and tell him to run. Um, but as far as asking him to tackle, that has been a challenge so far in his career. Let's get to the next game, the Cleveland Browns at the Buffalo Bills. Which, Evan, I don't even know now. Has that been moved to the Cleveland Stadium? Okay, so they're not playing they that in Buffalo to, anymore. Actually, they moved it to the Lions Stadium. I don't know if you okay. saw that. They're no, playing in Detroit. Detroit had a pretty funny tweet about it. They basically said, hey, uh, important numbers are by the cell phone. Lock up when you head out, and please don't break <laughs> any tables. Very cool. Very cool. Well, it'll be cool for, uh, cool for a team to win their uh, – a uh, home game uh, for Detroit. <laughs> so we'll see. It's been a while. All right. The Cleveland Browns defensive line is an above average matchup for week 11. Edge, Miles Garrett, we all know what he is. He's an A grade. Uh, a little bit of a low tackle floor so far for this season, but he's always got that sack, strip sack, fumble recovery upside. Miles Garrett is who he is. Edge, Jadavion Clowney is a C grade. De- decent pressures, uh, but poor tackle floor. Same as Jadavion Clowney's whole career has been. Um, linebacker Sione Taki Taki is an A grade if JOK is out. Otherwise, he's a C grade. Jeremiah Awusu Koromoa is a C if he plays. Like we're going to talk about several of these guys going into the weekend. We're recording on Friday night. Keep an ear to the ground Saturday. If Twitter's still around, you know, Twitter might be gone. Look for a carrier pigeon, maybe. It might come around with some updates. Who knows what post-Twitter world looks like. But, yes, keep <coughs> keep an ear open for the usage there for JOK this weekend. Deion Jones is a B, not 100% of snaps. Maybe that changes. Who knows? We'll see what the Browns look like moving forward with Deshaun Watson starting next week. Uh, and then the defensive back safety, Grant Delpit, is an A. In my opinion, he's been terrible as far as PFF metrics go in 2022. But – He's been very great for IDP, so enjoy it while it lasts. Um, I'm sure he will fall into a pit soon. Um, John Johnson, safety there for the Browns, is a B-grade. Cornerback Denzel Ward is an A in cornerback leagues, and then cornerback Greg Newsom is a B in cornerback leagues. Might have a concussion. Keep an ear to the ground on that. Um, let's talk about the linebackers because that's pretty much all we gotta we got to talk about. If you got Miles Garrett, you're starting him. If you got Grant Delpit, you're probably starting him. Um, which of these guys really do we trust here? Let's talk. Um, let's talk redraft. I do talk dynasty probably too often, so let's let's get a little bit of a redraft mindset here. Um, Talkie Talkie, is he like Luvu? Should we trade him? And 
is JOK somebody that we need to be targeting right now? He's, you know, he's at an all-time low as far as uh, an evaluation on what it might take to acquire JOK. What's your take on this uh, this linebacking mess here for the Browns, Evan? You hit the nail on the head there, Bobby. Taki Taki is a player I'm trying to trade. And in fact, listeners, if any of you guys happen to be in the Big Nickel Dynasty League with me, please, I've been trying to trade this guy for like four weeks at this point. I'm I'm tanking, so I don't mm. want my linebacker scoring points. But Taki Taki's been putting up big numbers in absence of JOK. I assume once JOK returns, Taki Taki's going to return to the usage he had before, which is very, very limited. He'll probably be the linebacker three there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I agree. Sell him and then buy Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa. Once he returns from injury, I expect him to consistently lead the team in tackles or at least be around the same usage as Deion Jones. Uh, yeah. But JOK is just, I mean, he has been since he was drafted and even beforehand. hes He's been an athlete. He gets around the field. He makes plays. And there's a reason that he was valued as highly as he was going into the season. Now, it's been pretty hectic with all of the injuries to the other linebackers in the room. But um, I, I do have faith that the team intends for him to see volume. It's just a matter of health. And this team could honestly completely flip the script in 2022. You know, I think we forget how good Deshaun Watson really was in Houston. I know it's going to take him some time. You know, I don't know playbook-wise. You know, he's he's got to be behind timing with some of his wide receivers and everything. But he does have some talent there with the Cleveland Browns. He's got good running backs. Amari Cooper, I'm a real big David Bell guy. Um, he's got some good tight ends as well. So – the usage as far as these uh, Cleveland Browns could be playing with a lead as opposed to the way it's been for them pretty much so far this year with Jacoby Brissett. They're probably a couple, you know, a couple scores behind and they're just asked to play a bunch of run defense. Um, the script could flip for them in the season. Let's talk about a team that their script is pretty much going to stay the same for the rest of the season, the Buffalo Bills. Their defensive line this week is an average matchup with Von Biller. Von, Von Biller, that'd be hilarious. Von Miller is a B grade. Um, he does rely a little bit on efficiency. Um, AJ Epinesa is a C grade. Same volume as Miller, less efficiency, but only if Greg R is out. And Greg R is a C grade. That is Greg Russo for the Buffalo Bills. Um, same as above, but let's just watch for injury for him uh, going into the weekend. Linebackers Tremaine Edmonds is out, so pay attention to that. Tyrell Dodson is a B. Should be a 100% snap player as Tyrell Edmonds' replacement in Week 11. Matt Milano is an A grade. He is healthy, but if he gets injured at any point, his handcuff is going to be Tyrell Bernard. Defensive backs are safety. Jordan Poyer is an A, if healthy. Safety, DeMar Hamlin is an A grade. He is a dog. Also is projected zero points on sleeper for no good reason. Sleeper is a call out. Get it it fixed. Y'all aren't the ones going away. That's Twitter. And then Teron Johnson, cornerback for the Buffalo Bills, is an A grade in cornerback league. So, Evan, I'm going to open this one up to you. What do you want to talk about here with the Buffalo Bills? Yeah, I think it's interesting. Everybody knows the Bills are good. But I think as people who are more casual football fans, and I don't want to throw shade, I think I consider myself kind of a casual fan in some senses, except for the fact that I like rarely watch football and just like look at all the numbers. But that aside, everybody loves 
offense. Everybody watches the football and people watch the Bills and like, man, I expected them to be better. But nobody really gives credit to the defense as far as the injuries that they've sustained. Their number one corner is out. Their starting safety is out. They've had linebacker injuries. They've had edge injuries, cornerback injuries. Their defense has been marred by injuries this entire season, and they've still been very good. So I just wanted to take a moment to to point that out. That's not very relevant to IDP by any means. It's just I wanted to give a little bit of love to the Bills because I feel like they deserve it. Um, as far as linebackers go, I think as we get closer to the playoffs, uh, it's important to know who your linebacker handcuffs are. Very similar to running back handcuffs, for example. If you have you know, a, a workhorse running back, you want to stash that handcuff just in case your starter gets injured. If you want, you know, a high floor safe play, or if you really need a miracle, maybe you pick up a handcuff for somebody else's running back just in case that starter gets hurt. Same thing here. Uh, obviously, it's significantly less important because linebackers are linebackers and not running backs, but we have a very clear system of who should stand to gain volume should a starter get injured. And there are very few linebackers in the league that we know and can trust to see a 100% snap workload should a starter get injured. And so we've seen enough examples so far this season to know who these linebacker handcuffs are. Both of these guys from the Bills are handcuffed to one particular player, but not both of them. I mean, just think of Aziz Alshair from last year, right? He was a handcuff at the start of the season, but ended up being almost a league winner because he just kept filling in for injured starters. So it might be good to just have a short laundry list in your mind of all of the linebacker handcuffs and check waivers to see if any of them are available. And then you can either A, be the first to waivers to pick them up because you know who the handcuff is, or B, if you've got extra space on your bench and you know games are about to kick off and you just need to pick somebody up, maybe you don't like the offensive players available, just stash a handcuff linebacker and if the starter happens to get injured, boom, your team is now more valuable than it was before. Absolutely. And it is getting to the point of the season to where we're kind of getting lazy. You know, I legitimately just told you before the show started that I sat David Long in a league where he had like eight tackles and three of those were TFLs last night. And it was against our own John Macri in my favorite league that I have. And so it was very painful. But honestly, a lot of the victories are going to come right now by just paying attention. Don't have any zeros. If you've got an inactive, um, get them out of the lineup, get somebody else in. It might not be the you know the best linebacker the best defensive end whatever um but just get somebody in there who's going to get some positive um points for you that's not going to just get you a big goose egg um that's going to help you so much in week 11 because like we're going to talk about with a lot of these guys there's injuries to half of them um they're nursing you know some type of ailment they they're coming off of a concussion uh they might be coming off of ir so it's somebody that we need to pay attention to but just being active right now is going to be half of the battle i feel like in week 11 all right speaking of week 11 let's get to it the washington commanders at the houston texans the washington commanders defensive line is an ideal matchup for week 11 edge montez sweat is a b grade he has decent usage, but lower tackle floor with super high pressure rate. Edge James Smith-Williams is a C-grade, lower volume and pressure rate, Hail Mary type of play here for you in Week 11. Defensive tackle Deron Payne is an A in defensive tackle leagues, and defensive tackle Jonathan Allen is an A in defensive tackle leagues. I also want to make a note as well, pay attention to Chase Young, because I know there's been a little bit of talk about him on Twitter this week um, coming back to the team. So, um, keep an eye out for him, especially in your redraft leagues. He might not even be rostered right now, 
might be a guy to just uh, grab, throw on the bench for a while, kind of give it a couple weeks and see what he looks like coming back off of the ACL. I think that's what he did. Linebackers here for the Commanders. Cole Holcomb has been an A grade uh, in Week 11. He has been injured and did not practice, but if he plays, Evan says here he is a dog. James Jamin Davis is a B slash C grade. If Holcomb is out, Davis is a solid 100% snap player. If he's active, Davis is a C grade. Um, John Bostic, C slash F. If Holcomb is out, Bostic is a limited snap Hail Mary type of play. If he's active, though, Bostic is not usable. Uh, that is Holcomb. Uh, defensive backs here, Cameron Curl, somebody that I wrote about in our um, the IDP show newsletter. I think that's what Josh calls it, idpshow.com. Um, Jam- uh, Cameron Curl is an A grade here, 100% snaps and has great usage. Uh, safety Bobby McCain is a C grade. He has shifted to slot corner last week, so kind of keep an eye on that usage as it moves forward. And then Dark Forrest, Derek Forrest, not 100% sure how to say his first name. He's a B slash C grade here. Was a 100% snap player last week as McCain shifted to slot corner. Saw 58% of snaps in the sweet spot. Um, and I think a lot of times here that might stay the case. I think they, the Washington Commanders want to leave Curl, McCain, and Forrest on the field as much as possible moving forward. So if you have any of those guys, I think their usage is going to continue to stay high um, because I think that a lot of, maybe McCain not so much, but Dark Forest is somebody that in Cam Curl's absence um, really showed out well. So I think that that's going to be a guy moving forward that you can kind of trust. Maybe. Not 100% sure. But Evan, outside of the DBs here, defensive line, linebacker, what do you want to talk about here? Yeah, there's nothing super exciting about yep. this team. That's a great um, way to put it. Yeah. So an ideal matchup here, right? The Washington defensive line versus the Texans offensive line. This is going to be ripe for yep. sacks and tackles. People are going to get to the quarterback. It's tough to know who's going to be the biggest benefactor, though. That's the tough part. Mm-hmm. And so obviously Montez Sweat is the guy that we expect to benefit the most simply because he has volume and he's talented. The interior defensive lineman as well. James Smith Williams, the reason I, I believe he's a Hail Mary is without Chase Young, he does see the second most snaps on the edge. And it's not a significant amount. Um, but you know, it could be one of those situations where Montez Sweat flushes a quarterback out of the pocket and James Smith Williams cleans up. I will also note. Chase Young, I believe I saw a report earlier today that there is a chance he does not play this week, and I think it's greater than just a chance. It seems likely that he does not play this week, but next week is the last week that he could come back within his 21-day window. So expect Chase uh, Chase Young back next week. I know he was warming up in the pregame last week, but did not end up getting activated. So now is the time to add Chase Young. Next week will be too late because he will be active and everyone will be getting him. So uh, just keep an eye on that. And once he returns, I expect him to be pretty productive. I know he was kind of disappointing, but um, I just, I don't want to be a hater. I think I saw some people on Twitter call him a bust. And uh, if I saw somebody call Chase Young a bust on Twitter, I'd probably want to delete the app too. So no worries Mm. there. 
Yeah. Twitter outage 2022. Let's move mm-hmm. to another place that's had an outage of uh, any type of relevant football, and that has been the Houston Texans in 2022. Uh, their defensive line is an average matchup for Week 11. Edge Rasheem Green is a B slash C grade. Edge Jerry Hughes is a B slash C grade. Edge Mario Addison is a C grade with um, a little less volume than some of these guys. And then Edge Ogbonia Okorongwo from the Los Angeles Rams is a C grade. He does see some le- uh, a little bit less volume than the uh, previously mentioned fellas. Uh, linebackers, the two Christians. Have you heard about our Lord and Savior's Christian Kirksey and Christian Harris? Christian Kirksey here is an A grade. I don't know if I did that joke right, Evan. Evan wrote the jokes here, so it's kind of like when Adam writes the jokes, but Johnny reads them, so we're kind of here in, the, in reverse. But, hey, I think it's smashed. I think it was a 9 out of 10. But for the Kirksey Christian here, he's an A grade. Uh, he is on the field, so points happen to him. And then Christian Harris is a B grade, 100% snap player, but still figuring things out. Honestly, Christian Harris is a guy that I think needs to be on a lot of people's dynasty radar going forward. Uh, and then the defensive back, safety Jalen Petre, he's an A grade. He is a dog. Safety Jonathan Owens is an A grade. 100% snaps, plays a little bit deep, but does have solid tackle efficiency. And then cornerbacks Derek Stingley in A in cornerback leagues and cornerback Steven Nelson is a B in cornerback leagues. Evan, do you want to talk about anybody from the Houston Texans? Yeah, I will say you executed that joke pretty well. I hadn't okay. quite figured out how I wanted to approach it, but I knew that having two linebackers named Christian was sure. an opportunity that I could not surpass. I mean, just imagine, right? You are uh, you're running back in the NFL. And you find a hole and you run through the hole and boom, there's just two dudes in a suit just standing there with a Bible in front of you. Excuse me. Have you heard about our Lord and Savior? And then they tackle you. (laughs) And so I just thought that was pretty funny. Two Christians in the backfield. Um, I have nothing to add about this team. I do like what you said about Christian Harris. It's good to keep Mm -hmm. your eye on him for Dynasty. The only problem there, I will say, right, because Dynasty is it's like a stock market buying and selling and understanding uh, the changes changes and fluctuations in value, but also trying to project that fluctuation in value. I think the window to buy Christian Harris was a couple weeks ago. I think mm-hmm. anybody who has them on their roster now knows what they have. They have a rookie linebacker who beat out, granted not a great Kamu Gruger Hill, but beat out a linebacker for a starting job. And that guy is expected to be the guy there for a couple seasons, assuming that, you know, He's just not absolutely garbage, which isn't out of the picture yet, but it's going to be hard to to talk somebody out of him. It's going to be hard to, to acquire that guy. And, and rarely do I condone investing a significant amount of value in any linebacker in Dynasty. Christian mm-hmm. Harris, to me, is the kind of guy that I would be more than okay with trading, not mm-hmm. because I think he's bad by any means, but because I think that the market has some semblance of agreement on how valuable they believe he is. And while I might disagree personally on, you know, how important that linebacker value is, think like a Zayvon Collins, for example, right? He's kind of like a Zayvon Collins in that he's not particularly talented, but he's on the field for 100% of snaps and he's young and he's under contract for a couple of years. So, boom, Mm -hmm. if somebody thinks that's valuable, great. I'll gladly trade away Christian Harris for, you know, Dre Greenlaw or somebody who I also expect to see 100% of snaps, but might be a little bit older. And then I'll just make a profit elsewhere and... I'll find a way to make up that linebacker value somewhere else. But Christian Harris, there is no doubt that he is somebody that should be good for a while. It's just, what does that mean 
to you as an asset manager. And so that's, that's the way that I take it. That's my perspective there. Yep. I love that. That's about as much as I want to talk about the Houston Texans. Let's get to the next game here. The Philadelphia Eagles at the Indianapolis Colts. I don't believe there is going to be any snow in Indiana this weekend, especially in that dome. But the Philadelphia Eagles defensive line is an ideal matchup for Week 11. Edge Hassan Reddick has been an A grade. Uh, he has great volume. Edge Josh Sweat is a B grade. Is coming off injury, but actually had a pretty decent week last week. Defensive tackle Fletcher Cox is an A grade in defensive tackle leagues. Defensive tackle Javon Hargrave is an A in DT leagues. Linebacker TJ Edwards, an A grade. Kazir White is a B grade. And defensive backs Chauncey Gardner Johnson is an A grade. Addy loves him. Maybe his favorite player of 2022. Safety Marcus Epps is an A grade as well. Cornerbacks Darius Slay, an A in cornerback leagues. And then cornerback James Bradbury, a B in cornerback leagues. Um, what do you want to talk about here, Evan? There's not really anything that stands out to me. If you have TJ Edwards or Kazier White, you probably are continuing to roll them out like they have been all season. Let's talk about Chauncey Gardner-Johnson for a second. Um, we don't like to overly invest in DBs. We don't like to really give people advice to go and acquire defensive backs. But, man, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson has looked great in an Eagles uniform so far this season. Is there any reason that we go to try to acquire Chauncey Gardner-Johnson in our dynasty leagues right now? No, that's the short answer <laughs> and the long answer. And that's no slight to CGJ, but like you said, there's a reason we don't spend up to acquire defensive backs. Marcus Epps on his same team has also scored tons of points. There are so many safeties out there that could score as many points and maybe not as consistently, but... CGJ is a big name. Everybody knows who he is. He's the biggest trash talker in the league, and mm -hmm. they you know, just moved him into a strong safety, and he's, what, I think he's leading the league in interceptions. That's not mm -hmm. the kind of player that you want to go and, and try and acquire, right? It's like trying to uh, purchase a stock as it just spiked. It's like that you're, you're not going to get a return on investment there. So and no slight to him, but it's all about making wise asset management moves and acquiring a player when they are peaking value and not to say that I expect him to regress by any means, but acquiring a player when they're at the height of their value is, is rarely a good idea unless that player is a difference maker between where you are now and like a championship. But a DB is almost never a difference maker. Like, you know, if you want to spend up and buy Justin Jefferson, sure, all the power to you, but that's an entirely different kind of transaction. Justin Jefferson is going to hold his value for a decade plus. He's going to be consistently good every single week. And there is a significant gap between him and the competition. CGJ, I can't say any of those things about him. I don't know that he's going to be consistently good for a very long time. I don't know that the gap between him and his competition is that significant. And yeah, I just, I, this, this comes across as very negative and I don't want it to sound negative because I think, uh, I think he deserves to be praised for how well he's been playing, but we play in a game that is mm -hmm. all about, acquiring value and managing your assets in a way that maximizes production. Mm -hmm. And one of the wisest strategies you can do is, is just understand how to manage those assets properly and, and spending up for a defensive back like that just is not a wise way to do it. Well, it should come off negative because I've got Justin Jefferson and I'm not trading him. So there you go. Okay. The other That's side fair. of this matchup, the Indianapolis Colts defensive line is a terrible matchup for week 11. 
edge, Yannick Ngakwe, is a B grade. He has moderate volume, but a low tackle floor as moderate and a moderate pressure rate. Edge Quiddy Pay is a B slash C grade. He uh, was injured, uh, but if he is healthy, uh, he will be about the same as Ngakwe. He does have a higher tackle floor and a better pressure rate than Ngakwe, but um, check on his health as the weekend progressive. Edge Dio Odiyingbo is a B slash C grade, but only if Quiddy Pay is out. And then defensive tackle DeForest Buckner. We all know he's an A grade in defensive tackle leagues. Linebackers here Bobby Okereke, an A grade. One of my favorite players so far to roster this year, Zaire Franklin, as well, an A grade in 2022. Uh, defensive backs, safety, Rodney McLeod. McLeod? McLeod. McLeod is a B grade. 100% snaps, high floor, limited upside, but he does have good usage. Safety, Julian Blackman, C grade, limited snaps for a free safety. Safety, Rodney Thomas, the Rodney brothers, C grade, limited snaps, is a free safety as well. And then cornerbacks, Kenny Moore, an A in cornerback leagues, and Stefan Gilmore, a B in cornerback leagues. I don't want to talk about Yannick Ngakwe. Quiddy Pay is probably injured. We all know what DeForest Buckner is. So let's talk about Bobby O and Zaire Franklin. Um, do you think either of these guys have longevity, longevity, I always have a hard time with that word. Any type of staying power in Dynasty for 2023. We all know Shaq Leonard is there. We all know that he is gone for the probably the rest of the season, I think is the most recent news there for uh, for Shaq Leonard. Um, Bobby O, Zaire Franklin, do you like any of these guys long-term? Uh, I'm checking Spotrack right now for Zaire Franklin's contract situation. And while technically he is under contract, for 2023 and 24 uh they have a potential out after this season mm-hmm. not that you know that would necessarily be something they'd pursue i believe uh it would save them about 3.6 million dollars with a 900,000 dead cap take that for what you will i do want to talk about zaire franklin as a this season topic real quick i think he is very much in contention for mvp uh, mm-hmm. I know that at the end of every season, we have our MVP show. Last season, my MVP was Aziz Alshair because he was a third-string linebacker that came in and filled in for both starters when they were injured or had limited snaps and produced massively for managers, and he was free to acquire at the beginning of the year. Sounds like someone else you know. Hmm, Zaire Franklin. Mm-hmm. Done the exact same thing, except... He's going to be even better than Aziz Alshair because we are not expecting somebody to come back and take his job from him. There is no Fred Warner. There is no Dre Greenlaw coming back from injury to take it away. Shaq Thompson. Shaq Thompson? Shaq Lawson. That's hard to remember. That threw me off. Wow. Um, I don't believe he's coming back this year. He's done for the season, right? He just got back surgery. Uh, I think you're right. Yes. So Zaire Franklin is locked in for the remainder of the season. And... Even in the off chance that somehow he does come back from injury, when he returned previously, it was Bobby Okereke who suffered, not Zaire Franklin. So anybody who has Zaire Franklin can victory lap. And uh, anybody who missed out on him, you know, they're they're like Squidward watching through the window, watching SpongeBob and Patrick the star just having fun outside. Anybody recognize that meme? Got that mental image? Do I spend too much time on Twitter? Maybe. Um, but yeah, I... As far as long-term goes, this is a very interesting play because he was probably very cheap to acquire, Zaire Franklin. 
he could be relevant moving forwards. It's going to be interesting to see how they handle that linebacker situation. I believe Bobby Okereke is in a contract year. Mm-hmm. I can look that up to be sure. Um, but but if he's gone, then I would expect Zaire Franklin to be the number two there. Okereke mm-hmm. is in a contract year. This is the last year of his contract, and I don't expect them to resign him considering the fact they've benched him at multiple times so far this season. So Okereke is gone. Maybe uh, maybe Zaire Franklin is a dynasty buy after the season if a manager isn't wise enough to realize that he could have potential long-term value. But I would always mm-hmm. be hesitant purchasing any linebacker at yeah at a at a high production value. But we'll we'll move on from there. That's enough on him. No, I do love that. I love the thought that um, the Zaire could be the uh, Al Shair for twenty twenty two. That's a very very apt parallel. Uh, let's go to the next match up here: the New York Jets at the New England Patriots. The New York Jets defensive line is an above-average matchup for Week 11. Edge Carl Lawson is a C-grade. He sees good snap volume but does have a low tackle floor. He does have the um, the sack upside as well. Um, it's What a good thing to see Carl Lawson kind of coming around off of that Achilles injury, um, having a pretty decent year. We would like to see him take a step, but um, we all know that could be a possibility coming forward. Edge John Franklin Myers is a C-grade. Also good snap volume with a slightly higher tackle floor, but does have the low sack upside. And then defensive tackle, Quinnen Williams is an A in defensive tackle leagues. Honestly, in Dynasty, probably Quinnen Williams is the top three defensive tackle um, moving forward. The guy has been great. Linebacker, C.J. Mosley is an A grade. The dude's a dog. Quincy Williams is a B grade, not 100% of the snaps. And then Quan Alexander is a D grade. Do not start him under any circumstances. Defensive backs, safety, Jordan Whitehead is a B grade, 100% of snaps. Plays deep very often, though. Safety, LaMarcus Joyner is a C grade, 100% of snaps. Plays deep primarily, but has a low floor with the Hail Mary type upside for your team in Week 11. Cornerbacks, DJ Reed is a B in cornerback leagues. Sauce. Gardner is a B in cornerback leagues, and then Michael Carter is a C in cornerback leagues. Um, which of these guys do you want to talk about here, Evan? I I, uh, I don't really have any of these guys that kind of stand out to me. I don't have a lot of these guys rostered, to be honest with you. I have Quentin Williams in a couple spots, but what sounds out to you most uh, for the Jets in Week 11? I think my most interesting discussion point about this team is not necessarily even IDP-related, but I was looking at defensive player of the year odds and kind of making some mental notes of, you know, how I feel about those sauce Gardner is not top 10 in defensive player of the year odds. And part of me kind of wonders if he deserves to be, I know it's very difficult for cornerbacks to get defensive player of the year. And I think defensive rookie of the year is almost certainly a lock for him, but do we feel like he deserves even more? It's been an interesting year. I think Nick Bosa is certainly up there, but uh, I'd be curious what you think about that. No, I don't disagree at all. I love um, I love Quentin Williams. I think he has been really, really good so far this year. Um, yep, I don't disagree with that at all. I'm, I'm 100% fine with that take as well, Evan. Um, let's move on to New England because there's not really a whole lot to talk about for New York if you're, if you're uh, in my opinion. Uh, New England, their defensive line has an average matchup for Week 11. Edge, Matt Judon is an A grade. Good usage. Good tackle floor, solid sack upside with the matchup boost in week 11. Man, Matt Judon, good gracious. Just like you were talking about a minute ago, Evan, I can't even remember now who you were talking about. Uh, Zaire Franklin, as far as a 
I think it was him, uh, MVP for our IDP show um, at the end of the season. Matt Judon could be a great candidate for some people um, for that in 2022. Edge slash defensive tackle Dietrich Wise Jr. is an A in defensive tackle leagues. Defensive tackle Christian Barmore is a B in DT leagues. And then Devon, uh, Devon Godshaw is a B in DT, DT leagues as well. Linebacker Jawan Bentley is a B slash C grade. He does have volatile usage with a lower floor and moderately high upside. Jelani Tavai is a C grade. Same as Bentley with an even lower floor and reduced ceiling. Please don't start Jelani Tavai. Uh, defensive backs Devin McCourty is a safety. He is a C grade. He's the least volatile DB option on the team, uh, but still there is some inherent risk with McCourty. Uh, safety, Adrian Phillips is a C grade. Similar range of outcomes with lesser volume, uh, but does have better usage than McCourty. Safety, Kyle Duggar is a C grade. The most volatile of the three. The lowest floor, but incredibly efficient with his snaps and could be a good Hail Mary type of player. And then safety, Jabril Peppers is a D grade. Uh, he is too risky to start here. We've got to talk about the defensive backs here, Evan, because Juwan Bentley, you're probably only starting him in really, really, really deep leagues. Matt Judon, you know who he is so far this season. Um, I guess I would have to say I have been disappointed with Kyle Duggar. We really liked what we saw from him in 2021. His usage was great. His efficiency was great as well. But with the additions of Jabril Peppers and then Devin McCourty and Adrian Phillips continuing to hang around, um, it has kind of brought Duggar's uh, production down so far this season. Well, what, what are we doing with any of these defensive backs? What are we doing with any of the guys on New England's team? I don't want to sound like a Debbie Downer, but here I go. Um, <laughs> I I think it's all about managing expectations. What what did you expect from Duggar going into the season? And And for me... I, I don't have him anywhere, and that was by design because I know the Belichick defense is just – it's extremely volatile. I use that word a lot when I describe this simply because it's not consistent week to week, and anybody who does research regarding IDP that, that follows the Patriots' defense knows that. That's why whenever I do my research for my weekly podcast, I basically always skip the Patriots' you know game because there's almost never anything I can take from that and actually project a trend going forward. They all get used – so differently each week and not to say that they can't be good because almost every week one of those guys scores a lot of points but mm -hmm. it's very difficult to know which one so it's you know like i probably said on the the last preview show we did together it's a great best ball play but in a managed league where you need consistent production it's very very difficult to rely on any of those guys so personally i'm not disappointed but that's just because i didn't expect much going into the season I didn't know who was going to lead the team in in snaps there. And as it turns out, it's not to say nobody because, I mean, obviously some guys get used more than others, but it, on a week-by-week -week basis, does it even matter who's leading the team in in, uh, in snaps on a, year, on a yearly mm -hmm. basis? Because it's like, it doesn't matter who's leading the team in snaps on the air. It matters if you can predict if they're going to start this week or not. Yep. Exactly. Almost the same as their offense. You know, who do you start mm -hmm. offensively for the uh, for New England? I don't know. Who do you start defensively? It's just a good team to stay away from in fantasy. Got to love Josh for uh, for that take. He's avoiding them for different reasons, but they're good to avoid uh, uh, in IDP. Let's get to the next game. The Los Angeles Rams are at the New Orleans Saints. The Los Angeles Rams defensive line is an ideal matchup in week 11. 
edge. Leonard Floyd is a B grade. He does have good volume. Defensive tackle Aaron Donald. What do you think he is? You already know. Defensive tackle Ashawn Robinson is a B in defensive tackle leagues. Edge Terrell Lewis. It's been nice to see him play this year. As his knee has been healthy. He's a C grade going into week 11. Justin Hollins is a C grade as well. Linebacker Bobby Wagner is an A grade. Ernest Jones is a B grade simply because he's not a 100% snap player. Defensive back Nick Scott is a B grade, 100% of snaps. And Taylor Rapp is a B grade going into week 11. I got to be honest with you, Evan. There's not a whole lot to talk about here outside of Aaron Donald and Bobby Wagner. Do you want to just move on to the New Orleans Saints? Because I really don't want to spend a ton of time talking about the Los Angeles Rams. I feel bad. Yeah, I, we can move on. This team has been a real bummer this season, so I don't want to have to dwell on them any longer than you probably want to. So let's let's just go ahead and move on. Thank you, Evan. That means so much to me. The New Orleans Saints defensive line is an average matchup for Week 11. Edge Peyton Turner is a B grade. He's going to be the guy there. Edge Carl Granderson is a C grade, and then Edge Tanyo Pasenya is a C grade. I butchered that. I didn't say that right at all but you know who I'm talking about. Uh, it should be worth noting here that Marcus Davenport and Cameron Jordan are both out, hence why me and Evan mentioned people named Peyton Turner, Carl Granderson, and Tanyo Pasenya. Kentavia Street, Malcolm Roach, and David Anyamata, those three guys are um, interior defensive linemen. The rotation should be productive for somebody. If you want to pick one of them, Godspeed to you. Linebackers, Demario Davis is an A grade. Caden Ellis is a B grade. And then the defensive backs, Marcus May is a B grade. Tyron Matthew is a B grade. Paulson Adebo is an A in cornerback leagues. And then Alante Taylor is an A in cornerback leagues. Um, what do you want to talk about here, Evan? Again, this is going to be a this is going to be a weird matchup for Week Eleven. We've got a lot of Rams that are just kind of yucky, and then we've got a lot of New Orleans Saints that you know going into Week Eleven. If somebody told you, yeah, you're going to start a guy named Caden Ellis, and he's going to be a B grade for you in your Week Eleven matchup, how would you feel about that, Evan? I would feel like uh, somebody got injured because somebody did get injured. Mm-hmm. Keith Werner. Ankle surgery, he's going to be gone for a while, which means if Caden Ellis is somehow on waivers in your league, you should pick him up. Now, obviously, you, a listener, you're too sharp for that. Your league mates are too good, so he's not available. But I check anyways, just in case, because you never know. He should be good for the remainder of the season, or at least until Pete Werner returns. Also, maybe a good shallower Dynasty League pickup, Peyton Turner. He hasn't been great for a very long time. He missed... A lot of the last two years, but I believe he was a first or second round pick. And uh, most of his competition on the defensive line, that being Davenport and Jordan, are more or less on their way out. I don't know if Davenport is going to be around next season. And who knows uh, what Cam Jordan is thinking about career-wise moving forward. So Peyton Turner is in a position to be one of those guys that could see a decent uptick in long-term dynasty value. Not that I expect him to be some sort of tj watt or anything but mm-hmm. it's good to know which players are on the up and up as far as a projectable value basis and peyton turner seems like a pretty simple call there yep i saw something uh on twitter this week that said um it could be a rough week for kamara against the uh los angeles rams and i'm thinking huh have y'all watched the rams play so far this year I'm not so sure about that but let's move on to the next game the detroit lions at 
the New York Giants. The Detroit Lions is a below-average matchup for their defensive line in Week 11. Edge, Aiden Hutchinson, is a B grade. He does see really good snap volume but lower pressures, and he has a, a lower tackle floor. Edge, Josh Paschal, uh, I believe he played for the University of Kentucky. is a B slash C grade. Coming back from knee injury, but he returned to the game. Um, uh, yeah, last week he did return for, to the game. Anyways, keep an eye on him. Uh, it is kind of a mess at edge after that. So Aiden Hutchinson, probably don't even start Josh Paschal, to be honest with you. Just check on his injury. Uh, linebackers, Alex Anzalone is a B grade. Uh, he does have higher volume and great tackle numbers, but doesn't always play 100% of the snaps. Malcolm Rodriguez, everyone's fifth-round darling, is a B-slash-C grade or a C-slash-B grade, just, to term, just depending on how you want to look at it. Uh, returning from injury, should be back to his previous role. Uh, and then defensive backs, safety Deshaun Elliott is an A grade. Returning from injury, keep an eye on him. Safety Ker- Kirby Joseph is a C grade. 100% snap guy, but he does play deep, so he does have a little bit of a lower floor. And then safety, C.J. Moore as a B grade if Elliott is out. Um, it's hard to kind of look forward with Anzalone and Malcolm Rodriguez. We're probably not going to know what that shakes out like for the next couple weeks. So let's talk about Aiden Hutchinson. We've talked about some linebackers and some defensive backs that you really don't want to spend any type of future equity on. Is Aiden Hutchinson the type of guy that you are going after in Dynasty right now, Evan? Uh, I want to break from the norm because I rarely like spending anything. Most of my friends and league mates know basically the only position I will spend significant capital on is wide receiver. Uh, cause I just, I see those as great investments. I think they hold their value for a very long time and everybody always wants wide receivers. So if I've got a bunch of them and I need to cash out on one of them and turn them into a different position, I will. But if you remember earlier in the episode, I also mentioned that defensive linemen, edge rushers, especially are kind of like the wide receivers of the defense in that they tend to hold their value for longer. They tend to be a little bit more stable year to year. And Aiden Hutchinson's a great example of that. Now, it's probably going to be difficult to pry him away from the manager that has him uh, because, I mean, he's first-round pick, he's young, he's productive, but that defense also uses edge rushers with a very, very high volume, and if if they continue to use them in that way, then I can expect Aiden Hutchinson to be good for as long as he's in that system. So, as always, and with all of these questions, it's important to note how much you'd have to pay to acquire such a position and Rarely am I willing to pay a premium to acquire any IDP. Um, But if I were to, Aiden Hutchinson does kind of fit the mold of the kind of guy that I would consider at the very least if the manager is cooling on him, maybe after a low week or two. I like that. Let's get to the other side of this matchup. The New York Giants, the defensive line is a below average matchup for week 11. Edge, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau is a B grade. Good snap volume, moderate tackle floor, and solid pressure rate. Edge O'Shane Zimenez is a C grade, good volume, but still very low floor. And then defensive tackle Dexter Lawrence is an A in DT leagues, and Leonard Williams is an A in DT leagues as well. Linebackers Jalen Smith is a C grade, poor volume, and he sucks, but could be a super deep Hail Mary if you needed a Hail Mary. Michael McFadden is a D grade, very limited volume, but Keep an eye on McFadden, especially in Dynasty Leagues. He could be um, the next man up there for the New York Giants. Take Crowder is an F. No, just no, never. 
start Tay Crowder. Defensive backs, safety, Julian loves a B grade. 100% snaps, plays deeper now. Safety, Dane Belton is a B grade. 100% snaps, great usage, but does have poor efficiency. And then cornerbacks, Fabian Moreau and Adoree Jackson are both Bs in cornerback leagues. So, Evan, I'm going to open up the floor to you again because the New York, New York Giants don't really have any standouts going into week 11 of the 2022 IDP season. So, which of these guys or which of these positions do you want to point out? Uh, I might mention Aziz Ojolari. Aziz Ojolari. Yes. Uh, he's been injured oft this season, and I believe he could be a potential buy because I expect him to be returning soon-ish, and it's clear that the Giants are in need of his services. They're a somehow a successful team this season, and when he was healthy, he did produce pretty well. So if if you're looking for a player to invest in, maybe in Dynasty, for example, he could be a good purchase. He could be a good investment. I would also like to note that uh, the linebacker situation is really weird. Um, it's just really, really weird. They have not given any linebackers 100% of snaps in a very, very long time, mm-hmm. which could be good if you were looking to find an area to profit. Uh, I don't think you know buying into Jalen Smith or Tay Crowder is a good idea. I don't even know if Micah McFadden is the guy long-term, but I do believe that there's an opportunity for somebody to increase in value there and so that might be a situation to keep your eye on right it's like there are some teams where it is very very clear how they use their players and how that player usage projects going forward and so it's hard to make a profit on those situations because there's generally a lot of agreement in the market this is not Mm -hmm. one of those situations and so if you're looking for an opportunity where you might be able to flex your superior intellect over your league mates yep call your shot and if it pays off, it could probably pay off big time. Now, please don't call your shot on Jalen Smith or Tay Crowder because I want you to be successful in life. So if you want to call your shot on Michael McFadden, there's a chance that he eventually, whether that's this season or next season, increases in value. But this does seem like a good a good situation for you to target for just that opportunity. Yep, it kind of sucks. You know, how in the world has the New York Giants gotten to the record that they have so far this year? Because honestly, their defensive line has been Pretty subpar. Uh, their defensive backs as well. Uh, Xavier McKinney went to IR either last week or two weeks ago. And even prior to that, McKinney, even though he was the green dot, um, pr- has been producing pretty poorly so far this year. So New York Giants, congratulations on your winning record. I'm not sure you're going to end the season with one. Let's move to the next game, talk about some teams with some uh, losing records. The Las Vegas Raiders at the Denver Broncos. Wow, there's a lot of gross matchups so far this week. I'm just now realizing this. The Las Vegas Raiders defensive line is a below average matchup for week 11. Edge, Max Crosby, he's an A grade. He's a dog. You know who Max Crosby is. He's in your starting lineup. Edge, Chandler Jones is a C. You're not that guy, pal. Linebackers, Jayon Brown is an A slash C grade. If Perryman is out, Jayon is 100%. If Perryman is active, Jayon is going to be limited. Denzel Perryman is an A slash F grade. If he's active, he should be 100%, but he might not play, so keep an eye on that. Luke Masterson, C slash C grade. Uh, C without Denzel, he's an F if he is playing. Defensive backs, safety. Trayvon Morig is a B grade. Good volume usage, is improving, but still primarily deep. And then safety, Deron Harmon is a C grade. Not always 100% and is mostly deep. Honestly, Evan, 
giving people the grades might be the most I want to talk about the Las Vegas Raiders. Is there anybody here that you want to pinpoint? Um, it's been a pretty gross, uh, gross season IDP wise. If you rostered anybody outside of Max Crosby. Uh, two players I would consider investing in. Number one, Denzel Perryman. Mm-hmm. Depending on how sharp the Perryman uh, manager is, I expect Perryman to be the number one linebacker on this defense for as long as Divine Diablo is out. Um, because Perryman's been injured for a while. People might have forgotten that he actually plays above Jayon Brown, assuming my memory serves me correct. And so if you can you know, buy into Denzel Perryman, you might get two, maybe three weeks of you know, 100% snap linebacker usage out of him if you're really desperate for a start. I would also like to mention Trayvon Merrick. Um, ever since the ever since the the Raiders released Jonathan Abram, Merrick's actually started to play just a little bit more in the sweet spot. I would probably double check that, uh, double check my math there just to be sure. But uh, last game I checked, he he did play a little bit more closer to the line of scrimmage. So. You know, both of these safeties do tend to play deep, but previously they had a three safety room where Merrig and Harmon both played deep and Abram played closer to the line of scrimmage. So it's looking like maybe they're just kind of splitting the work between those two guys and having them both split time in the box. So that could be interesting. Merrig's still young. I think he's in his second second year. Yeah, he's in his second mm-hmm. year. So and I don't necessarily expect them to be replacing him anytime soon. Yep. It kind of sucks too that Devon Diablo went out because he was he was starting to play well. Um this season as well. Let's go to the Denver Broncos. Their defensive line is an average matchup. Uh, they are now devoid of Bradley Chubb, who is now a Miami Dolphin. Edge, Jonathan Cooper, is a B grade. He has decent usage with a good tackle floor and pressure rate with a small sample size. Defensive tackle, Draymond Jones, is a B in defensive tackle leagues, but watch for his injury status going into the weekend. Defensive tackle, DJ Jones, is a B in defensive tackle leagues. Linebackers, Josie Jewell is an A grade. Alex Singleton is a C grade. He is a limited player, but does have good efficiency when he has opportunity. Defensive backs are safety. Justin Simmons is an A grade. He's back to 100% snaps and good usage. Safety Kareem Jackson is a B grade, 100% snaps, but he does play deep. And then cornerbacks Pat Sertain and Damari Mathis are both Bs in cornerback leagues. Um, Let's talk about Justin Simmons. Let's talk about a defensive back where – if you're in my opinion, uh, in, in my world, Evan, and in my opinion, I have struggled so far this year with any type of good, relevant week in and week out defensive back production. Is Justin Simmons going to be a guy that I can count on for the rest of the 2022 season? I would first like to note that your world is also the world everyone else is living in. I think it's been challenging to find consistency from defensive back just about everywhere. Uh, but Justin Simmons does seem to be the guy that you can count on. He's not played very much this year just because he's been injured or on IR, but in the few games that he has played, he's been solid. Now, I don't think he's going to be, you know, one of those unicorns that just doesn't bust. Um, you know, he could still have bad weeks and I'm not going to, you know, guarantee good production from him. But as mm-hmm. far as acquiring a player at a discount, maybe, then yeah, he could be a good investment. But I think it's difficult because he's one of those guys that has a big name. Most managers that have Justin Simmons know who he is, know what Mm -hmm. he's done in the past, and it's probably going to be difficult to get them to give up on him. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'd I'd still probably try and invest elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, But but yeah, I'm not worried about Justin Simmons as far as once he returns, he's going to see 100% of snaps, and uh, he he should be productive because the way they use him is 
correlated to uh, high tackle efficiency. Yep. Defensive backs has been really hard this year. Uh, efficiency one week in and one week out has been really tough. And let's talk about two more teams who their defensive backs have been um, not necessarily hard to trust, but hard to rely on which one is going to be the one week in and week out. The Dallas Cowboys are at the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Dallas Cowboys defensive line is an above average matchup for week 11. Edge, Micah Parsons, we all know what he is. He's a dog. He's an A grade. Edge, Demarcus Lawrence is a C grade. Low snap volume, but good upside. Uh, but do watch for the injury going into the weekend. And then Edge, Dorrance Armstrong is a C grade. Low snap volume and lower pressure rate than Lawrence. Um, no longer discount Demarcus Lawrence, LOL. Slight bump if defensive, uh, if D-Law is out. I don't know about that joke. That's uh, I, I still like to call him discount Demarcus Lawrence, but if you want to move away from that, Evan, I'm 100% fine. The only linebacker worth mentioning there for the Cowboys, Leighton Vanderneck, is a B-grade, not 100% player, so he does have a lower floor. Uh, defensive backs, all three safeties play in a rotation with Kirsch playing closest to the line of scrimmage. Then Donovan Wilson, then... Malik Hooker playing the most deep safety role. That being said, all the guys have a lowish floor with solid upside. Uh, safety drawn curse, Donovan Wilson and Malik Hooker all receive a B grade. And then cornerbacks, Trayvon Diggs and Anthony uh, Brown are A's in cornerback leagues. I will say it's very fun to watch J. Ron Curse and Donovan Wilson play football. Even though IDP-wise, their production might not be really high, um, they do seem to have an above-average football IQ. Um, and, man, they just seem like some pretty good players, in my opinion. I don't know if you disagree with me, Evan, but um, Kirsten Wilson are fun to watch on TV. Did you say watch? Yes. I, I didn't know that was an option. Sorry. I thought football yeah. was just, just the numbers. Um, <laughs> I assume you're right. I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you I'm my uh, my YouTube TV uh, uh, subscription this weekend, Evan. We're gonna watch Amazing. the virtually watch hey, the Cowboys Vikings game. I'm subscribed to NFL Plus. I can watch any game whenever I want. You would think I would use that, right? Sure. Um, sure, you would. I, I do want to give you props for for making through that that sheet. That was that was a mess. That was that was a lot for you to read. Um, okay. Dorrance Armstrong has has let me down a little bit lately, so that's kind of why I wrote he's no longer discounting Demarcus Lawrence, but. That was, yep. that was a pretty catchy title, so I'm okay with sticking with it if you are. Uh, the three safeties are, are primary, like, you know, great in best ball kinds of plays because, you know, one of them is going to be super, super great any given week, maybe even two of them. So mm -hmm. uh, that's all I really have to stay there. I know you, you wanted to add one more thing. Let's hear it. Nope, that's all I wanted to say. You're fantastic, mm -hmm. Kevin. That was a great take. All right. Uh, Doris Armstrong has been disappointing as of late, so you're probably right, but I'm still going to call him discount to Marcus Lawrence. Let's talk about the Minnesota Vikings. Their defensive line is an above-average matchup for Week 11. Daniil Hunter, A, he's a dog, as is his running mate, Zedaria Smith, the Minnesota Viking. He's an A grade. He's a dog. Harrison Phillips is an A grade in defensive tackle leagues. Linebackers Eric Kendricks, A grade. He's a dog. Linebacker Jordan Hicks is an A grade. He's a dog. Defensive back safety Harrison Smith is an A grade. He's a dog. Just got the dog pound here, Minnesota. Safety Cameron Bynum, he ain't no dog. You know that. He's a B grade. He's playing deep. And then cornerbacks Chandon Sullivan and Pat Pete. Pat Pete actually had the game-winning interception last week. Uh, they're both A grades in cornerback league. So the group full of dogs here, Evan, which of these dogs do you want to talk about? 
Yeah, I, I hope you really love my expert analysis. I wrote dog next to every single player and gave them an A grade. You knew They're I was going to love it. They all get a lot of volume. Exactly. Uh, Addy, that, that one goes out to you and your Vikings. Let's just say that. A bunch of dogs. Um, mm -hmm. Shoot, man. It's a great matchup. And uh, it's hard to add anything else. These players, while they might be somewhat inconsistent at times, cough, cough, Eric Hendricks and Jordan Hicks, you, you cannot have too much emotion when putting these players in your starting lineups because anything can happen on any given week. Mm -hmm. All you can really trust is, is the predictive metrics and, and you know, the variance and, and kind of bouncing back to regression. So I think Jordan Hicks had a down week last week. Eric Kendricks has been up and down, but had a big week last week. Just trust that players that see a lot of volume and have a lot of efficiency will eventually work out for you. Because if you exercise that strategy over a long period of time, ultimately you will be successful so that's all i really have to say there trust the players that are good and uh, don't be too emotional with it absolutely a lot of these guys are looking like league winners too based on where you drafted some of these guys their adp um they have produced really well for you in the 2022 season the cincinnati Bengals play the pittsburgh steelers in pittsburgh in week 11, the Cincinnati Bengals defensive line is a below-average matchup. Edge, Sam Hubbard, is a B-grade. He has a nice tackle floor with the sack upside. And then Edge, Trey Hendrickson, is a B-grade. Lower tackle floor, but does have the solid sack upside. Linebacker, Logan Wilson, is an A-grade. They rested their starters last week, so poor production across the board can be ignored. And then Jermaine Pratt has been minimized to a C-grade with the reemergence of Logan Wilson in week 11. Um, and then defensive backs, safety, Jesse Bates is a B grade, 100% of snaps, but a deeper safety, and he does have quite a low floor. And then safety, Vaughn Bell is an A grade, 100%, and great usage. He is a locked-in starter to your lineup. Um, there's kind of a little bit to, to dig into here, Evan, and I don't know which way you want to go. Do you want to talk about the inefficiency of Jesse Bates in 2022? Do you want to talk about Logan Wilson's injury and how Jermaine Pratt thrived um, in his absence? Or do you want to talk about whether you should roster Sam Hubbard or Trey Hendrickson moving forward? Because they're both basically the polar opposite type of player. Uh, I first, I think, want to mention that, yes, the, the Bengals are coming off a bye, but previously was the absolute blowout win against the Panthers. Mm -hmm. Looking at those defensive snaps, they rested basically all of their starters with the exception of like maybe one player. So, yeah, unfortunately, that probably let you down a bit because they produced less than you hoped. But don't read into that. Hopefully, hopefully this game is closer than the Panthers game, but it's the Steelers. So who mm -hmm. really knows? It's a division game, so it could be closer. But but yeah, don't read too much into that limited production. Um, Yeah, Jesse Bates, what? He's in a contract year. He's probably gone after the season. They've got his replacement on the roster already. He plays deep safety. Deep safeties tend to have low, lower tackle efficiency. I, I, there's nothing there that's really surprising to me. I know Jesse Bates has been mm -hmm. a hot and cold player in the past. I don't get too emotional with this kind of stuff. If mm -hmm. if a player is doing as you expect them to, then, then you're not disappointed because you manage your expectations. And sure, Jesse Bates has been better in the past, and maybe he's been efficient, but you can't really count on efficiency being consistent that's one of the more volatile metrics it tends to regress mm -hmm. especially in areas where it's not typically correlated to to skill right so some edge rushers in their uh in their pressure to sack rate or their pass rush win rate like those are some efficiency metrics that 
that tend to correlate to talent a little bit more because that's something you have to earn. But, Mm -hmm. you know, being the first guy to the ball when you're that far away from the ball rarely is solely your doing. Like think Mika Fitzpatrick. He's gotten a Mm -hmm. ton of tackles this year and last year, but it's not necessarily been because he's some sort of ball hawk. It's he's so far away. It's just nobody else on the team can make a tackle. So Mm -hmm. he just ended up being the only guy that got there. So that's not something that I would correlate to skill necessarily. So I'm not sitting on my hands like, man, I can't wait for Jesse Bates to bounce back and prove all the haters wrong. I I'm indifferent. I don't really care. I don't Mm -hmm. really want to spend too much time on the topic further. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Something you do want to spend some time on. And I'm going to flip the script here. I'm going to let you introduce the other team and the other side of this matchup moving forward. Evan continue. Got the Pittsburgh Steelers defensive line. This is actually an above average matchup. And, uh, mm -hmm. what's that? Mm -hmm. Did you hear that? He's back. TJ Watts back. He was limited last week. Um, not limited as in, you know, didn't play, but he, he had a limited snap participation. He actually saw less snaps than Alex Highsmith, but it's TJ Watt. Come on, you guys. He's an A grade. What did you expect? It's me. Obviously, I'm going to give him an A grade. Alex Highsmith. I wrote a B and then I looked at the numbers and I was like, yeah, he's still a B. And then I looked at the numbers again and I was like, wow, I'm actually going to have to give Alex Highsmith an A grade. So if you disagree with me, just say it's because I'm a Steelers fan, but he had a really, really, really high PFF grade, got a ton of pressures. Uh, I, I couldn't convince myself to downgrade him. So I guess he's just good now. Maybe uh, playing without TJ Watt forced him to, you know, get better at football. So he's an A grade now. Great volume, him and TJ working opposite each other. And Cameron Hayward, woof, woof. What's the sound like? Oh, sounds like a dog. Because he's a dog. Cameron Hayward, <laughs> absolute legend. Uh, yes, he might be a defensive tackle. Yes, he's an A in any league format. He gets the work. Also extremely highly rated. Miles Jack is a B grade. Dude freaking trolled us last week, activated him for the game, and didn't even play. So, you know, I downgraded him to B just for that because he deserves it. I that was that was very rude of him. Devin Bush sucks. He's a C. Robert Spillane is a D. He had a good run. I miss you, Big Bob. Come back to us soon. Uh, he was only relevant because Miles Jack was busy trolling us. Now that Miles Jack is back, Robert Spillane is gone. He should be a very limited player moving forward. Please don't start him. Minka is also back. He had an append appendis what appendectomy, however mm-hmm. you say that. He had appendicitis. So uh, all that really means is he's lighter. He's going to be faster on his feet. He's ready to move. Uh, <laughs> he's a B grade. He's good snap volume. Poor usage. He relies on tackle efficiency and somehow stays efficient. Trail Edmonds. I think he kind of sucks, but I guess other people disagree with me. He's a B grade. He gets good volume, good usage, and doesn't really do do too much with it. So he is also a B grade. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Back to Bob. I'm going to go to the grossest thing that you think maybe we can talk about, Evan, and that would be Devin Bush. Let's mm-hmm. talk about a tweet here from Daniel Valente. Devin Bush missed tackle percentage by season per uh, pro football reference. 2019, 11.4. 2020, 13.3. 2021, 6.7%. 2022, 2.1%. Devin Bush has only missed one tackle in the 2022 season. That was off. Uh, he tweeted that November 17th. So, eh, Devin Bush, I don't know. Is he figuring it out? Evan, is there a chance at all that Devin Bush is figuring something out with Brian Flores maybe helping him? Uh, if there was anybody to give credit to, it would definitely be Beeflo. He is a great coach. And anytime you can get a head coach as like a linebackers coach on your team, that's a big dub. That being said, I, I mean, 
the more you play in the league, the better you're going to get. So obviously Devin Bush, I would hope would improve on tackling the number one thing you're supposed to be good at as a defensive player, uh, coverage and all those other things aside, like those are things that obviously you have to have a little bit more talent for, uh, Devin Bush is still a yuck though, just because of his usage. He doesn't play a lot of snaps. And if you are signing a player that just got cut from the Jaguars to be your new starting linebacker over a guy that you drafted in the first round a couple years ago, that should probably tell you something about how good you are. Um, so yeah, congrats to Devin Bush for missing fewer tackles. Way to go. The expectation is that you don't miss your tackles. Uh, what is it that that Mike Tomlinism? Uh, I wish I could remember what it is. The standard is the yeah. standard. Don't miss tackles. So congratulations, Devin Bush, for you know approaching the standard. He's been very substandard for a long time, so I still think he's yuck. Sorry. It's okay. Substandard line, linebacker talk. Let's get to some uh, above average linebacker talk. We're going to mm -hmm. talk about the Kansas City Chiefs at the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Kansas City's defensive line is an above average matchup for week 11. Edge Frank Clark is a C grade. Good usage, but poor tackle floor and poor pressure rate. Edge George, uh, I'm sorry. Let's do his, let's do his uh, edge furious George Karloftis is a C grade. Still limited volume, low tackle floor, and poor sack upside, but keep an eye on his development. Defensive tackle Chris Jones is an A in defensive tackle leagues. Linebacker Nick Bolton, you know what he is. Go back and watch the IDP show's most recent YouTube exclusive top eight linebackers for Dynasty. Nick Bolton was our consensus rank linebacker three in Dynasty. The guy's an A grade. The guy's a dog. Willie Gay actually has been really good alongside Nick Bolton. I've got to give the guy some credit. He's a B slash C grade just due to some limited snaps that he sees from time to time. Defensive backs, safety, Justin Reed is a B grade, 100% snaps, but less than ideal usage. Actually, in a lot of leagues, it does depend on your scoring, but pretty much across the board, Justin Reed has not had a double-digit scorer uh, scoring week in the 2022 season, which is kind of blowing my mind. Uh, safety, Juan Thornhill is a B grade, 100% snaps, but he does play deeper. And then cornerback, Legereus Need, an A in cornerback leagues, and I'm going to even say an A in safety leagues. If you just want to roll Legereus Need out as a defensive back, freaking go for it. I don't even care. doesn't matter to me. I love it. Give me some more of it. Cornerback, Trent McDuffie is a B in cornerback league. So, Evan, I'm going to roll the red carpet out here for you, buddy. What do you want to talk about with the Kansas City Chiefs? I will say, George Karloftis, uh, full transparency, I forgot to edit his uh, his note afterwards. So the note I wrote for him in Week 7 is the exact same note I have for him in Week 11. Now, granted, it still pretty much applies the same. He's been on and off, and uh, you know he's improving as a football player. His pressures have started to go up a little bit, but... Hasn't really scored the fantasy points for you. Chris Jones seems so stinky. We were talking about this beforehand when we were writing this up. He's not good, right? And then we looked at his beautiful fat log, and we were like, oh, wow. Actually, he's been uh, he's been pretty good lately. So Chris mm -hmm. Jones is going to do Chris Jones things. He's going to be volatile. That's what happens when you're a defensive tackle. I, I like that Nick Bolton, linebacker three dynasty take. That's pretty cool. Listeners, you and I. We have homework after this. We're going to go watch that video. We're going to watch top eight dynasty linebackers, okay? And we're mm -hmm. going to go figure out who we can trade for so we can be really, really good for forever, okay? Sounds good? Yeah. Deal? Fist bump? Sick. Let's go. The safeties have been really annoying. I have been a sad Justin Reed manager this season. I've started him on all of his bad weeks. 
and mm-hmm. benched him in all of his good weeks. I have not benched him yet this season, so that should tell you something about how good he's been. Mm-hmm. Um, catch that, listeners, right? Right? I benched him on his good weeks, but I didn't bench him yet this season, and he hasn't had any good weeks. Anyways, uh, yeah, it's been a bummer. Um, <laughs> we really don't need to spend more time on this team. They've got a few pretty exciting players. They've got a few younger guys that we're looking forward to, but overall, you know, the ball goes around, and it goes to a lot of different people, and it's hard to consistently predict who's going to get there, except for Woof, woof, Nick Bolton. Love it. Let's get to the other side of this matchup, the Los Angeles Chargers. Defensive line is a very poor matchup for this weekend. Edge Khalil Mack is a B-grade, high snap volume, moderate tackle floor, but he does have the great sack upside. Defensive tackle Sebastian Joseph Day is a B in defensive tackle leagues. And then linebacker Drew Tranquil is an A-grade. He does see 100% of the snaps. Kenneth Murray is a C-grade. He does pop at times, but he does see a limited snap percentage there for the Chargers. And then defensive backs, Derwin James. You already know what he is. He's an A-grade. He's a dog. And then Nasir Adderley, the other safety there for the Los Angeles Chargers, is a C-grade. 100% of the snaps, but does see poor usage. If Drew Tranquil stays healthy for the rest of the 2022 season, could we see him as a top 12 producing linebacker um, from week 11 until the end of the fantasy playoff seven. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Any linebacker that plays hundred percent of snaps every single game from now until the end of the year is in contention for that prize. It, I mean, yeah, it's pretty simple. So if he stays healthy, yeah, he's played hundred percent of snaps and he's going to continue to play hundred percent of snaps. Kenneth Murray is not going to take his job and he's been pretty productive. So it's not the most complex answer, but it's the best one I've got because differentiating between one 100% linebacker and another one is pretty difficult unless you really break it down into like zone coverage, scheme, call, play, rate, whatever. But Mm. I don't have that off the dome. Fun fact. Sorry. I don't have all that information memorized for you. But yeah, Drew Tranquil, he's going to be good rest of season if he stays healthy. That's pretty simple. I'm disappointed in you, Evan. You should have had that off the dome. But let's move to the Monday night football game. This one should be a good one. Anytime I can not watch the Rams on TV and watch some other NFC West team is a good day. So let's talk about the San Francisco 49ers playing at the Arizona Cardinals. The San Francisco defensive line is a good matchup. Edge, Nick Bosa, he's an A grade. He's a dog, if healthy. Edge, Samson Ebucam is a B grade. He does see decent snap volume with moderate tackle floor, but does have the limited sack upside. Edge, Charles Aminahu from the Houston Texans is a C grade. Poor usage, but does see some pressures at time at times. Uh linebackers, Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, a couple of dogs, even though Dre does seem to get ejected from time to time. So sorry, Dre. Uh defensive backs, safety, Telenoa Hufunga, another dog. Safety, Jimmy Ward is a C grade just because he's inefficient. And then cornerbacks, Demore Dre, Lenore, and Chavarius Ward are B's in cornerback leagues. Um, Evan, you have mentioned Dre Greenlaw twice on this episode in trades of people that you want to go to acquire. Um, why do you like Dre Greenlaw so much? And what is his outlook for the rest of the 2022 season? Yeah, to me, Dre Greenlaw is the perfect archetype of linebacker that plays 100% of snaps, is productive, and has a low market value. I, I think he's always just been that, right? He's kind of standing in Fred Warner's shadow. Also, I have Dre Greenlaw in, in a few dynasty leagues, and so if I can just keep talking him up, maybe people will send me some offers. Sure, sure. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, and it's not Dre Greenlaw specifically. Like, you know, if you gave me a few minutes to like make a list, I could list out a bunch of undervalued three down linebackers. I mean, Christian Kirksey, for example, he's probably been productive. So, you know, you probably can't buy him cheap, but you know, in a dynasty league or especially in the off season, right there, there are a lot of players that you can kind of keep your eye on to acquire, but I just like Dre Greenlaw. I think he's been perennially, perennially. I think that's mm-hmm. a word. Perennially right. underrated. Yeah, perennially underrated as as an IDP linebacker. So I do remember back in my baby IDP days, back when I was first getting into it, I was listening to this really cool show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was called the Big Three IDP Podcast. Have you heard mm-hmm. of them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember one of the guys on that show was talking about Dre Greenlaw and how he's coming back from injury and expected to be pretty good. So I was mm-hmm. like, sure, I'll, I'll get that guy. And he ended up being really good. So whoever mm-hmm. those guys are, um, mm-hmm. you know, give them a shout out. The the big three IDP, whoever they are, I think uh, mm-hmm. I think they put put some good content out there. So yep. that's big yeah, three network on Twitter. Yeah, big three network. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's a blast from the past. Let's talk about the Arizona Cardinals to wrap up the episode here. Their defensive line is a poor matchup in Week 11. Defensive lineman Marcus Golden is a B grade, poor efficiency, good volume. Man, Marcus Golden has just kind of not had that golden year that he typically has. He has been a little bit disappointing so far this year. But somebody who has not been disappointing is defensive lineman Zach Allen. Uh, He is a B grade as well. Good efficiency, but does see poor usage. He has been pretty decent at times. Uh, speaking Speaking of decent at times, defensive lineman J.J. Watt, I think we looked before the episode, he does have six and a half sacks in 2022. Low tackle floor, though, but um, like we said, does have the good sack upside. Linebackers, Zayvon Collins is an A grade, 100% of snaps. Linebacker, Isaiah Simmons is a B grade, but in my heart, it's forever an A grade. He does have unreliable volume and inefficiency at times to Evan, but no, not really. He's going to be the best linebacker in the history of the NFL. And then Ben Neiman is a D grade. Please don't ever start a guy named Ben Neiman. Defensive backs, safety, Buda Baker is an A grade. Do watch the injury report as he, I think, has something going on with his back, maybe. Um, Safety, Jalen Thompson is a B grade. Cornerback, Byron Murphy and Marco Wilson. Byron being a B grade, Marco Wilson being an A grade. Um, Byron with the B grade just due to the injury. Um, There's not any defensive linemen worth talking about. And with Buda Baker's injury, I don't want to talk about any of the defensive backs. So that focuses us on Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons. Evan, I don't even care what we talk about about him. I just love hearing their voice. You tell me what we're gonna. What, you tell me what we're gonna talk about here. I will note with uh, Buda Baker's potential back injury, if that is what he's suffering from, and I don't know for sure. It obviously would be from carrying the defense. No. Um, <laughs> uh, Zayvon Collins. We talked about him last time. We've got his jersey up here. You know, as far as dynasty linebackers go, right, he's young. He sees 100% of snaps, so obviously he's valuable to some people. Would I sell him? Yes, I would. Isaiah Simmons is so sad. I love the guy. I've wanted him to be great. I've been trying to buy an Isaiah Simmons jersey from Pristine Auction for a while, but I kind of gave up after he stopped being super great, and I'm a bandwagon, as I'm accused, which is apparently why I have jerseys from people that are like injured or traded on other teams, like my Javante and Chase Claypool jersey. But hey, I have a Taylor Heineke jersey. How am I a bandwagon? Sorry, got a little off, got a little off track. By the way, can we take a moment to talk about this? This jersey yep. refuses to die. It refuses it. to die. I showed up in my mail. Yep. Exactly. Showed up my mail. Shout out my guy Alex Smith, but he he sent me this jersey, and I was like, 
I mean, okay, I got a Washington football team Taylor Heineke jersey. What am I going to hey, do with this? And yet, here speak, it is. It's still relevant. Speaking of Taylor Heineke, why is uh, Ron Rivera going back to the whole quarterback controversy type of thing? Ron, stop it, or you're going to lose your job. Roll yeah. with Heineke. What are we doing? Is there some sort of like playtime stipulation in the Carson Wentz trade like there was back when he was with the Colts? Do you Good know? call. I don't know. Because if there is, right, you would think that they'd be incentivized to bench Carson Wentz so they didn't give up as much draft cap. But that's neither here nor there. Um, Isaiah Simmons, right, DB eligible and sleeper. So obviously he's a little better there. Uh, but He's he, a lot better there. Yeah. Correct. You said yeah. the wrong word. Hey, they're playing in Mexico this week. So I got to, I've got to throw a little Spanish in there. Um, he he's playing a lot on the slot linebackers that line up in the slot. See poor tackle efficiency, his slot snap percentage combined with the fact that he, you know, on a week by week basis might see anywhere between like 50% and hundred percent of snaps makes it really difficult to rely on him. But like you said, right. You're very emotionally attached to the idea of yep. Isaiah Simmons. You love the guy. It makes so me that's happy. a great reason. Yeah. It makes me happy when I open up my roster on RSO and I see Isaiah Simmons' name staring staring me down. I love it. Makes me bench? smile. No, absolutely not. From the <laughs> LB1 starting spot. Evan, if you don't watch it, Buster, you're going to be replaced in four weeks. We're getting rid of you. Speaking of somebody we're not going to get rid of, we're not going to get rid of our listeners anytime soon. We have a listener question to answer before we get out of here. Zan Man says, Evan, should I start Matt Judon or Demarcus Lawrence in week 11? Let's go back up here to the top and talk about the matchups here before we get too very far in the question. So the – ooh, I'm trying to get to it. The Jets play the Patriots in week 11. And then the Cowboys are actually playing – if I can hurry up and get to it, I'm Vikings. almost there. The Vikings. Above average matchup. So you tell me, Evan, what's the answer to that question? Uh, man, it's got to be Judon. He's been so good this year. I love Demarcus Lawrence. He's he's got good upside, um, and obviously it's you know it's a decent matchup. But but it's it's Matt Judon. Come on, it's Matt Judon. He's, he's been crushing it. Yeah. Yep. The Vikings have been good. I don't see that changing anytime soon. Matt Judon has been amazing. They're going to play a pretty bad New York Jets team. If Zach Wilson is the starting quarterback, he's going to take some sacks, and I see Matt Judon possibly having a multiple sack game. It's possible. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it's certainly possible. Is is he the sack leader in the league? I think some Patriots fan was in my mentions telling me about that for some reason, saying he should be the defensive player of the year. I didn't really listen, but um, yeah, that, that sounds like something that you know could potentially be reality. Medjudon leading the league in sacks. I I could look that up right now, but yeah. oh well, we'll just uh we'll leave it with an air of mystery. Bob, is Love there anything it. else we want to we want to touch on before we close out this episode? We we trimmed thirty minutes off of this one compared to our last one, so I think we deserve some credit for powering through this. And we talked about more games, and we had listener questions. So you yeah. know, good on us. Good on us, Evan. What are you doing this weekend? What are your weekend plans? Man, I'm chilling. I I had a very busy week. I had a very busy last weekend. I, I do have to touch on this. You guys, I, I went to Las Vegas and I saw the Jonas Brothers and uh, I I gave a little Jonas Brothers shout out in my podcast and nobody nobody reacted to that. So I got really sad. But mm -hmm. I, I said uh, somebody was putting on a show in Vegas, you know, the Jonas Brothers and sure. uh, and the Vegas starting linebacker. It's all right. I'll get over it. It's fine. I'm still recovering. It was amazing. 
This weekend, I'm just chilling, Bob. I am. I'm just chilling. It's cold here in Arizona. I'm chilling, and uh, I don't have weekend cold. plans for once in a while. Cold so in I'm, Arizona. That's hilarious. Cold in Arizona. Yes, I stay inside where the air is a little warmer, right? Something like that. Sure. Yeah, I don't know what the Jonas you? Brothers is. Um, I can't act like I know anything you, about hold that. Hold on, hold on, Bob. You're not serious, are you? You haven't heard of the Jonas Brothers? I'm unaware of what that is, Evan. What are oh we talking about here? All right, that's uh, you some have type of like a some type of like a movie or a music thing. Kind of. I mean, you're not wrong. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm very surprised. I'm very surprised. They're very I live, popular. I live in a hole, Evan. A it's deep right. hole. It's all right. They throw IDP right. information down the hole once in a while. but Do they I'm throw Marvel hole. movies down there for you to catch up on, too? They I know throw you like that in Josh's hole. They put those in Josh's <laughs> hole. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Evan, all this right, has been fun, buddy. Yeah, this has been a blast. Bob, we will be back together for the Week 15 preview, I believe. Yeah, we're going to have some good games to break down there. Listeners, we'll give you the information that you need. Before we sign off. up your playoffs. Yeah, very important. We're trying to get you them fat Ws. Um, You can find Bob on Twitter. Fun fact, if uh, Twitter is still around by the time you listen to this episode, you can follow Bob if you feel like it, at IDPBob. Or you can follow me, at IDPEvan. Or you can follow the both of us if you feel like it. Because at least one of us has really good content on Twitter. That's Evan. Yeah. Yep. You guys, thank you for listening in. Thank you for sticking around to the end of the episode. Until next time, thanks for listening. Peace out. Ever gonna die? I'm just gonna fantasize forever. 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 Forever and a